Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Today, my guest is Angela Watt, founder of Watt Property, who cover the Edinburgh and East Lothian area. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, you have a wealth of property experience spanning over 30 years. So tell us about your journey of establishing Watt Property. Uh, Initially, I worked for my family business um, with my father. And after he died, I decided to set up on my own. Um, And initially just for our own in-house properties. Um, Eventually, we added in a a few clients. Um, I did take some time out to study law, although I was running the business at the same time. And that was a really good um, basis for the legislation that's coming through because there was a while that it was very difficult to distinguish between Scots and English law because we had a lot of terminology. Uh, And then once I did law and eventually qualified, I decided to come back to my own business because I realised it gave me a passion for it again. I kind of lost the way a wee bit. So, and I've loved it ever since. It's, it's great. Okay, well, what would you say have been the most challenging aspects of setting up your own business? It was a very long time ago and challenges that we don't have anymore. But when I was at school, I didn't do secretarial and I didn't know anything about computers at all. So computerising the office, which I did straight away, was a big challenge. Um, At that time, we tried to do as much of it in-house as we could. I had the most complicated spreadsheet system ever. (laughs) Uh, And... Pauline, who who still works for me, she was initiated in that. And now we've got so many good systems in place that she, we we actually dipped into one of them recently. And yeah, happy days now. (laughs) Oh, good, good. (laughs) Well, because you founded What Property in 1997 and you've now built up a dynamic team. So do you want to tell us about your staff and just kind of the level of qualifications that they hold? Yeah, certainly. Um, Pauline, is a was a convincing paralegal that I met when I was studying law and she came to work for me. She's fully qualified under property mark and she is the senior office manager um, introduces new business and excuse me <clears throat> um we also have Bethany who's the senior property manager and she initially did in-house properties but she's moved to client properties she's quite well established she did her qualifications through the last system um which i think is more is better geared for people that have less experience in property whereas pauline and i did ours through property mark um being established in the business already okay bethany's been with us for a good four years now um and we also had Laura, who just left recently, which was a big loss. Um, she was Lithuanian and she went back to Lithuania. And she uh, she was um, through the last system as well. We now have Sky, who's a trainee property manager. And she's basically doing most of the in-house properties now to get established and, until she's fully sorted out. Um, but she's doing a great job so far. Yeah, so, it's an all-female team. 
Yes, exactly. Mm. But we've got lots of male contractors, so we balance out that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the topics I'd like to discuss today is is this new guidance that's coming in on um, lead and water that's due to be enforced from March 2024. First of all, what are the main causes of lead in drinking water and um, what buildings are more likely to, to kind of have this risk? The main cause is through lead pipework. Um, although it can be in old lead soldier joints, um, that's that's primarily mm-hmm. what, what causes it. Um, you can have lead in tanks, so old plumbing systems are more prone to it. Having said that, there's also I have personal experience of there's also lead in some Scottish uh, waters network as well. Right. So, they're, I believe, upgrading everything at this point in time to make sure there isn't. But whether that's happened as yet, we don't have an opinion on. Okay, so it's basically kind of buildings that um, of a certain date. Yes. Or within strength of a certain older network of pipes. Yeah, they say that um, the pre-1970 is more vulnerable to mm-hmm. having electric systems. I know a lot of the tenement buildings, especially in Edinburgh, were upgraded in the 80s. Um, I know that from speaking to plumbers that some of the, although it was perhaps new pipe within the property, it was perhaps connected to lead coming out out in the street or or in rising mains or um, so... Tenement buildings, the, the rising main goes straight up the building. So there's no guarantee that there's not lead in the whole building. Okay, then. So what are the new regulations exactly that are due to be enforced next year? They're saying that um, we're to have no lead between, well, ideally in any of the pipework, but there seems to be a concession now from where it comes into the building to the drinking water tap, probably which will probably be the kitchen sink, and that would probably be a main, the, the rising main coming in. Um, there's not to be any lead. The maximum amount can be 0.3 milligram, micrograms. So how will this affect private landlords? What will be their responsibilities to ensure they comply? It's a difficult question because it it could be interpreted many ways. We can't guarantee that there's lead not coming into the building. So I believe that Scottish Water are happy to check the water at the boundary. I can't see them doing the whole of Scotland before the um, legislation comes into place and and guaranteeing that. Um, But in tenements, I think that they'll interpret the boundary as where it's coming into the building, not into your property. Um, So it's difficult to say how landlords can guarantee that the the problem is in their property. And if if hypothetically you're on the top floor, if it's coming in the communal stair, it's going through four flats before it gets to you, it would be, in my opinion, unreasonable for you to check all of your piping from your front door to your kitchen tap, replace that and then establish that the lead isn't yours. And at that point, what do you do to to remedy it? There is 
testing, you, you can have the water tested. And, and I think that that would probably be the first point of call. So we get the water tested. And there is somewhere down in Seafield, I believe, that will you, you take samples of water. Again, at what point do you take the sample of water if, as in Legionella, you run this tap for uh, a couple of minutes, mm -hmm. um, then if it's free-flowing water, is there still lead in the water? Can we all run the taps for five minutes to guarantee that there's not and then tell tenants the same guidance as we would for Legionella? Um, so I think testing it, we, I will be able to run it for a couple of couple of minutes first to try and minimise the risk of there being lead in, in the system. Yeah. So was it a thing, do you think it would be the case then that landlords, all landlords will be advised to, to test the water or landlords will gauge themselves on the kind of own assessment of whether the pipe work may somewhere in the system um, contain lead that will, that will attribute to a certain level? Uh, um, yeah, I suppose that there's, they're supposed to determine whether they, if they think there's lead in, in the system or not. Well, how do you do that? You can you could visually look at all of the pipes. You could take the floor up and look at all of the pipes. But even if there's um, copper pipes, there was, and I think it was up until the the eighties. It was definitely after the seventies. There was lead in some of the solder. So, to to what degree do you go to? But landlords are to are I, I think are to have an opinion, and if they if they doubt that and think there may be lead in the system, then they should get the water tested. But then what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then it's what? Quite a tricky I, one for landlords, isn't it? I think the industry is concerned about it, but I don't think many people are doing much about it because we have no guidance at all. Um, I actually contacted I think it's SNPF who do um are a, a a body for plumbers mm -hmm. and they do training of apprentices. They've never heard of this before, so they don't really know what to train plumbers to do about it. So there's not, I, I think we kind of feel it, it could be deemed as unreasonable if there is lead in a lot more of the systems than the government seems to have be thinking. Um, so what are they then going to do? Because if it's in the tolerable standard and you're not allowed to rent the property because it's not complying with the tolerable standard, what are you then to do? Are you to, because you've got tenants there, we can't really evict them because of other legislation. So what are you to do if you're non-compliant? As agents, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to say, well, we can't act for you anymore because we're not sure that you're complying? So it's a bit of a conundrum for the industry, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's let's move on then and, and touch on the, the current market. Citylet's quarter three data has recorded a double-digit rise in Scotland's average rents for a fourth quarter in a row since the introduction of the emergency legislation. And um, Edinburgh's average rent is standing at 1,546. What, what are your views on the effects of the rent cap for, for both landlords and tenants? I think it's got a massive impact for both. So for tenants that has had the adverse effect of rents really going up. Having said that, if you look at this, the Citylight stats over 10 years, I think the average is 8% a year, which isn't as extreme as as, as you would think. So yeah, I, I, I understand the cost of living crisis 
from landlords' point of view, sometimes they are struggling as well because their interest rates and things are going up. We actually have one landlord whose um, rent can go up £50 a month. Her mortgage has gone up £500 a month. She is having to evict the, the, the tenants to sell. Oh, um, sad. Which is very sad, but the, she, she would have accepted a rent increase that would be a lot less than these tenants will get on, on open market rent now. Well, that's it. So it's that that is another conundrum with, with the way that things are going. It, it's going to have a massive effect, or it is having a massive effect on both sides of the market. Um, I think long-term rent caps, we have seen that before historically. What happened was that the standard of accommodation or the, the, the actual buildings themselves deteriorated. Um, that was a very, very long-term rent cap, and hopefully we won't have that sort of problem moving forward. But there's so many things that landlords are being asked to do, uh, and there's going to be more coming in again. Um, so it's difficult to have it always. It's, and, and I think landlords feel that they're the guinea pigs all the time, that they, things are put forward that they have to comply with. And then, for instance, like the smoke detectors, um, when everybody had to do it, including homeowners, then they downgraded what was required. So... <laughs> I think fair's fair, um, but we're we're finding that the tenants are also because the market is so hard to get into. They are applying for lots of things, and not necessarily even moving into something they really want to be in. And then they're looking for something else while they're in it. So the so there's more properties on the market for for that is one of the reasons. Um, other than um, yeah. People are having to sell. So it's, yeah, it's affecting both sides. Landlords are having to sell and then tenants are losing their homes. So, um, well, I mean, the City Let's Edinburgh data for quarter three also showed that two bedroom flats posted the largest year in year rent increase of 18.4%, with average rents for the size of property sitting at 1451. You know, is this your experience too? Um. Averages are very difficult. Uh, again, I, I'm Edmer based, so there's lots of two beds that are much smaller than other ones on the market. So it's difficult to get to use averages. Having said that, City Let's do the statistics very well and um, they give a good guide. But we are seeing some properties going out for a bit, le- a bit less than that. Mm-hmm. Right. So just to touch on yields, because they're a crucial element of investment, not only purchase price, but gauging an achievable rent level are essential calculations for the investor. Now, what property use evaluation tool, which is powered by CityLets, that uses trusted CityLets data, but positions the agent as the expert? Can you explain more about the benefits to landlords and agents alike? Okay. Yeah, I, for landlords, I think they're great and that they give a guide um as i said earlier then there's sometimes disparity between sizes and areas but they do give a, a great overview of what you could expect um i think for agents they give us a foot in the door and they let us have conversations with people and also give them guidance as to that's maybe average but you would need to do a bit more to achieve that 
Um, or, yeah, this is great, but it has been set up for an Airbnb and you need to take out bits and pieces that would not be appropriate. So it's giving us a good foot in the door. And, okay. and, and it's very I, I consider them quite accurate so that that's an advantage over other portals so well done yeah thank <laughs> you that's that's good to hear now well, what property offer a variety of services to the clients including ones for presentation and refurbishment I know you've mentioned before to me that it's, it's more difficult to be objective of your own property and why it's helpful to have someone independent to give advice in what ways can what property assist with general presentation and also how can you help you know, with aspects of property that you think a landlord should consider for renovation or refurbishment? Yeah, um, I think presentation-wise, especially if you've lived in the property yourself, then you're very attached to personal belongings um, and that's not necessarily appropriate for the market that you're attracting. So, for instance, if it was an older person and they have old mahogany furniture in the corner and they think that that's a great idea, okay, I maybe have that in my own home, but that is not necessarily what young professionals are looking for. They're looking for a more modern um, environment to be in. So it's really difficult to to do that objectively and also to look at maybe something that comes up quite regularly as perhaps kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got an old pine kitchen, painting it a, a, a very pale sage green will maybe, or having it wrapped to a pale sage green will make it much more attractive to um, the rental market than your old pine, which just looks a wee bit dated, but you might love because you chose it and you made sure that that drawer went with that bit of the cupboard that you really wanted it to happen. So I th- I think as well that that's for people that have lived on the property themselves. If you bought it to rent, then it's great to be able to get in there before anybody does anything. Because again, tenants are really looking for neutral decor at this point in time so that they can add in their their, their themselves. So if you go in and say, but I really like a whole grey room, dark grey, well, you might, and that might be lovely for you, but that's not necessarily what's going to be attractive to other people and to the furnitures that and, and things that they bring. Um, so and and one one of the one of the things that I also encourage is just paint the front door. If it's looking chatty, paint the front door because it makes it feel as though you like you love your property and it's somewhere welcoming to go. So curb appeal is important as well. And tenants are looking for different things to what you as a landlord may be looking for. So that's where we can help and give guidance. That's good advice. Well, it's evident through your Google testimonials that what property clearly upholds a high standard of service to its clients, both landlords and tenants. And what what property was a finalist in the Scottish Home Awards this year? Um, so what does that what does that mean to you and the team? Um, it was a real morale booster. Um, the team were really pleased. It, it, it signified that people were recognising the, the good work that they're doing. Um, it was just before Laura left, which was nice. Um, so we went for the dinner and it was a good way to to end her career in property in Edinburgh. So it was good. It was good fun. And it's nice to put some fun into into the, the calendar as well and things like that. Indeed. Well, finally, with so much experience in property, you must have some amusing or interesting tales to tell. So what's been one of your most memorable times, even for the wrong reasons? 
memorable times. Um, Ones that you can see. So funny stories then. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yes. Can be funny. Okay. Can okay. be funny. Um, well, there's two that jump to mind and they're very, very old ones. So yeah. it wouldn't happen now, I hope. Um, we had one, uh, a property manager that worked with me years ago, um, turned up. She, she knew all her tenants really well. And she turned up at the door and the gentleman in question opened the door a wee bit and said, oh, it's you, and opened the door fully and was start naked. And she said, I'll just wait outside until you put pants on. <laughs> that wouldn't oh, happen. some other lady. <laughs> This other, the same poor property manager, this was again a long time ago, um, she was frightened of rodents. And she went out. frightened of more after that experience. <laughs> <laughs> she went into this property and there was a rat sitting on the sofa. And oh, so no. she shot straight out of the property again. And she phoned <laughs> this and said, he's got a pet rat. So we phoned him and he said, oh, yeah, during the day, I sometimes just let him wander around. We're like, do not do that anymore. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Again, we're now clear. Any, any pet rodents must be kept in the cage. Thank goodness it wasn't a snake. <laughs> well, well, listen, thank you very much for today and for all your advice. Um, it's been great to catch up with you. Thank you, Angela. Thank you very much. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Thank you.